You're listening to a podcast from 702. Food feature. And our food feature today, we are talking soup. Hearty, warm, delicious, comforting winter soups and we're joined on the line by dr anna trapedo food writer and broadcaster and of course you can give us a call oh double one double eight three oh seven oh two or use the whatsapp line oh seven two seven oh two one seven oh two and let us know about some of your favorite soups what is it that you enjoy about all of uh, the soups that you make or the ones that you buy pre-made or maybe share whatever emotional memory comes up when you think of soups dr anna trapedo welcome to the show thank you so much for joining us Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. All right. So let's start at what constitutes a soup because I've seen things that I'm like, this is not a soup to me. Right. <laughs> and Kelly, you have quite sort of intense feelings on what is a soup. But um, I think that, you know, broadly, a soup is a flavorsome liquid food. So we can all agree on that, that the soup is runny, that some soups are hot, some soups are cold. But I think right now we're not talking about gazpacho. We're not interested in the cold soups. We want those sort of like an edible hug warm soup yes and um, and i think i'm glad you 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 mentioned what you did um saying that they're runny because i only learned about a month or two ago the difference between gravy and soup from watching the cooking channels where they had to say gravy's flavor is extremely intense versus a, a soup which you can just guzzle down what? I mean, I think a, a gravy probably started off as a soup, you know, yes. but the line between the two is, is blurred, you know, that a gravy is more intense in flavor because it's reduced. So, yes. you know, it's thickened and there's less liquid and, you know, more intense flavor. But, you know, you add more liquid you would have a beef soup. Yes, um, yes. So, you know, really those lines are pretty arbitrary, um, you know, that, that the point where a soup becomes a sauce or a soup becomes a soup, you know, is about personal preference, that a soup is at the more liquid end of those things. Yes. Um, but really, I think, you know, we, we might struggle to put what we mean by soup into words, but we all know what it feels like in our bellies, you know. We know that glow that you get, so it's like you've sort of got a an internal glow um, that comes from warm soup. We know how much it, you know, it feels like love if you've got, like, cold hands around a warm bowl of soup, you know, that everybody knows that says, my mummy loves me. Yes, that's literally what it is for me, but I also recognize that for some people their experience might be like you know oliver twist please sir (laughs) and it's got all these horrible memories attached (laughs) but i agree with you that the the thing that makes soup so fabulous um is the thing that can kind of push it into negative memories of poverty food is that soup is cheap because you can dilute it, you know, that Mm. that adding liquid means that you can stretch ingredients. And, you know, there comes a point at which, beyond which you can't stretch things, you know, that that when you stretch them beyond a certain point, it is no longer soup, it's water with bits bobbing about in it. Yes. But, you know, if you get that line right, soup is delicious and cheap and emotionally and and physically filling. But, yeah, that line... 
you know when you've crossed it and suddenly you're in warm water, aren't you? And what I love about, I mean, you know, soup being inexpensive, we know that many people throughout winter are going to be, you know, going out to support the homeless by preparing mm. soups that get served. And there's so many, there are so many tricks that people use to make soup more hearty and healthy without, you know, having to go and buy oxtail, for example, which might be a bit more high end? Well, certainly, you know, something like, for instance, um, Liano Restaurant in Brownfontein do a lentil and enchoco soup. So it's, it's mm. like beef head. So it's the, the really flavorsome meat that you, you find on an ox head that, um, you know, if you cook it long and slow, it gives you that really intense flavor that you want in a soup. Yes. And, you know, with, with a lot of lentils in that, you know, you've got this delicious, hearty, meaty, nutritious thing that they serve theirs. It's 65 rand a bowl. So obviously, you know, this is for lucky people with money, but they serve theirs with um, dombolo steamed bread. So not dombolo dumplings that you've cooked in the, in the soup, but rather the steamed bread that you've cooked separately. And on Sundays, they have jazz with that. So you get mm. soup and jazz and dombolo. And I think that sort of says love in every possible way doesn't it yes and I, I would really like to touch on i mean um i i really have a gripe with some of the supermarkets that you want to buy bones and it's literally the life has already been sucked out of them but what i appreciate <laughs> about bones and even the extra bits of fat on on those bones is that mm. they really give a lot of flavor to soups Exactly. And, you know, what you want is bones and those portions of an animal that have really worked hard. You know, that's where the flavor is, you know, that the muscles that don't work are kind of soft and gentle. And that can be nice in certain situations. Fillet is lovely. But, you know, what you want is something like shank, you know, Mm. if you're going to get a really intense flavor. You want the bones that have had to, you know, have serious weight on them so they've got you know lots of marrow in them that those are are where intense flavor if you want bones from an animal that's a bit older because again you know that it it, it, it's flavorsome it might be tough but it's got a lot of flavor and that's what you want for a soup that you're clearly a kind of proper soup girl that you know you make soup from scratch with bones but you'll I can hear that you are not a stock cube girl. No, and I mean, I, I even go um, as far as um, sometimes roasting, depending on how much time mm. I have, roast the bones just oh, to, yeah. you know, before I put them in to go for as long as possible. I do sometimes oh, add a, a stock so cube if I feel like, yes, I want that extra bit of flavor um, in it. But what I want to touch on, you know, moving away from the bones and the flavors that they they bring in. What would you say are some of those ingredients like your vegetables and legumes and grains that maybe don't get the shine that they deserve when it comes to 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 soups? Because I'll see turnips are always out, you know, during winter season as part of the soup pack. Um, but maybe there are some of those vegetables that people aren't giving a chance. 
Well, I think, first of all, you know, that, that, that Southern African combination of corn and beans, you know, again, that you get in things like, you know, Kosa style, Isopu, Yombona, or, you know, those kinds of, you know, and that point at which lamp and beans become soup again is, is around the amount of liquid you've added. But, so, Beans, in general, are both very cheap and hugely good for you. Um, you know, they're a fantastic source of protein. And certainly for me, you know, all you've done, if you've added, like, you know, one, you know, a ham hock or, you know, a bone of some sort and beans, you can have the most wonderful soups. So, so what you need then is time. Mm. You know, that, that those are not quick soups. That, and partly why they feel so, as though they've got so much love in them is that, you know, that's about somebody who thought about you at breakfast time and thought, let's, you know, this, this soup that needs to cook for three, four hours. And they didn't think, oh, God, what are we going to have for supper at, like, quarter yes. past six, you know? So I think beans is a good one. Um, root vegetables, so for instance, those lovely Eastern European kind of borscht, so that beetroot and cabbage type soups. Um, mm. And, you know, that, that if you're wanting to know what to do with cold weather, you know, ask somebody Polish, you know, that, um, <laughs> that, <laughs> so all of those Eastern European soups are completely wonderful. Um, I think onions are a much um, undervalued kind of, I mean, those French onion soups with that lovely kind of cheap crouton in the middle that's often so hot that you have to be careful not to burn the top of your palate with them. Um, so, yeah. I'm a big fan of soup, as you can hear. No, definitely. And, um, you know, as you were speaking um, and touching on some of the different regions um, that, you know, are quite famous for soup. So I went through a phase of trying out different grains. You do get at the supermarket your pre-mix soup mix. I've tried the split, you know, green uh, uh, peas, the, the lentils. I've tried barley. And then I got into a phase where I started trying out different fresh herbs. And interestingly mm-hmm. enough, I found um, obviously the parsley is like the typical one that many people go for. Um, it's not cilantro. I've just now, it just went out my head, but it's one of the herbs that is used in Mexican cuisine um, it's coriander. Yes, coriander. Coriander. Yeah. There we go. Is simply what Americans call coriander. Yes, so that's the same. And it just adds. I can't explain. There's a flavour that it adds to the soup that I just can't get over. I make a, tom- a Mexican tomato soup that has um, corn and beans and, if I'm feeling posh, bits of avocado. But basically, it's a, a cuban and chili and tomato soup mm. um, with bits in it that is just, oh, you you just glow. And, yes, that with a sprinkling of coriander on the top is, is heavenly. And, and actually ridiculously cheap because it's essentially a tin of tomatoes and an onion and some garlic and you know, blend yes. it all up and chuck in whatever little bitties you've got lying around. What makes a chowder different from a soup? I unfortunately am highly allergic to seafood, so all I could do is just look at it and admire the you creaminess. Yes, <laughs> and just trying to imagine, but I see all the creaminess and cheesiness, and mm, it also just looks like mm, comfort in a bowl. 
I mean, essentially, they are very thick soups that, that usually that thickness is from potato. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and New England chowders tend to be clam chowders. Um, but, you know, you can have a non-seafood chowder. So um, I'll dig you up some that um, essentially they are kind of rich, creamy, potatoey soups with, you know, various, you know, bits of deliciousness put in there and clams are the kind of New England classic in that form. Yes. It's not the only way of doing that. But Nigerians make a lovely thing with igusi, which is melon seeds. But they make almost, again, it's, it's, it's that line, where does a pesto become a soup? Because for me, I think of those as kind of rich, thick, almost gravy-like pastes. But, but you know, you, but in winter, people add extra liquid, and suddenly the agusi is, is no longer like a puree, but it's a, a, a thick soup that you have, you know, with fufu. And again, you know, it's cheap, it's delicious, your tummy glows afterwards. It's just love on a plate, really, isn't it? Would you say that, you know, soup is healing and it reminds me of, you know, the series of books, uh, Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul yeah. and Chicken Soup. And I, I, for me, I genuinely feel that soup is extremely healing. Many a time I'm like, listen, I know I'm going to go to the doctor, but I actually need my mom and soup. And chicken soup, which is, you know, so, and that kind of Eastern European Ashkenazi Jewish chicken soup, which often gets called Jewish penicillin. They've done a whole lot of research on it because, you know, the, the kind of folk wisdom is that it's good for you when you're not well. And they, they discovered that, it, that it's true, you know, that, that it does have um, all sorts of um, restorative powers. So chicken soup really is good for you. Um, all over Joburg, there are proper Ashkenazi Jewish chicken soups at Fagel's Deli, for instance has the most wonderful one, the gourmet grocer in Birdhaven. So if you want to have that Jewish penicillin feeling, that rasam soup, which is an Indian sort of clear sour soup that's often made with, with what gets called birth masala, which is a masala that's given to women after they've had a baby because oh, wow. it's restorative. And rasam soup, I had the most beautiful rasam soup at Dosa Hut in Fordsburg recently. And, you know, my husband, who had been very unwell, I made him have a bowl, and I am convinced that he started to get better that day. Oh, um, Anna, you are just it. warming my soul with this conversation. Yeah. We've run out of time, but I have one voice note to play for us. I have never heard anyone make soup sound so sexy <laughs> like yeah that lady is the ish <laughs> so anna you get the award for making soup for sound so soup sexy <laughs> i long to be a soup porn star <laughs> you need to open a soup only fans account we will we'll literally pay subscribe to watch you making different soups <laughs> doctor thank you so so much where can people keep thank up you, with you on you. social media I am at at Trapedo Territory is where I am. At Trapedo Territory, find Dr. Anna Trapedo, food writer and broadcaster, and maybe you'll also get to have a sexy experience.